0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis. We've got a great show on a wintry weekend here in Washington. Uh, just a couple of notes. I just got back from driving our daughter to Tucson,
1: which they all know because I did the show by know, myself last I know, week. I
0: know. I know. And it was really fun. Last week's show sucked too, last I'm sure, because I wasn't here. Show but, was
1: amazing.
0: But we we really had a good time. We stopped in Nashville and ate barbecue in a honky tonk on you know in on on Broadway. Um, we saw the world's largest pistachio, which is. <laughs> I don't know. Who. We were in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, Tombstone, which was cool. We stopped where the Pueblo Indians used to live. Um, and in all of that, we had some really good food. But I have to say, and we had some really good food, I had never had a Sonic Burger before. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the greatest thing. I don't know if it was cat meat, Again, what it was. the show is called delicious.
1: Foodie and the Beast. Or all right, anyways, well, speaking
0: of being a foodie, we do want to thank uh, Greg Caston and all his restaurants mm-hmm. uh, the and and other businesses, Pro Fish, uh, The Point out of Buzzard Point, Tony and Joe's, Nick's Riverside Grill, and the Ivy City Smokehouse for sponsoring the show. Mm-hmm. And let's get into it. Our drink segment uh, is, uh, we got some interesting guys on today. Crimson Lane Vineyards is a Northern Virginia winery out in Fauquier County. It's uh, founded by Tom Herity and his wife, Deanna, and overseen by winemaker Dominic... Fiorezi, who happens to be Tom's brother-in-law, right? I read. All in the family. Um, but you apprenticed with Jim Law, so we want to talk about that, too, because he's he's a legend. Yeah, London. Uh They're in today with uh, Taste and Talk of their winery, and I can't wait to get into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan- Daniela Senor is Colada Shop's founder, and I called you the supreme leader in the script because you are... <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I like that. you've yeah, opened right? up. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> She's like now on my business yes. card. You, going uh, forward.
0: Cuba's hot. Cuba's on everybody's uh, lips these days. And you've opened up your fifth restaurant now, right? Correct. Um, uh, on M Street, 1900 M Street, right okay. downtown. And <laughs> La Mia Bellamica, Amy Riola is back for her 350th appearance here on Foodie and You. You're our Steve Martin. You does say
1: that to a lot of people I yeah, just Yeah, but want to she give is. She that. is. I don't think
0: anybody's been on more than you. <laughs> Why are you I mean, on all so right, much? Anyway, just all right.
1: can we get through the introductions please? All right. Well,
0: she's she's authored several cookbooks on Italian cuisine and the Mediterranean diet, but she's got a new thing now called Amy Riolo Selections Gift Box, which is really cool. You're it's here beautiful. all about that. And Chef James G is uh, the executive chef at Dovetail at Viceroy uh, downtown on uh, Rhode Island Avenue, but we also know him because he was one of the fa- one of the founders of the founder I'll give you one right. of the founders of I'm Eddie, I'm, Eddie I'm, Cano. Cano. I'm Eddie Cano. I'm Eddie Cano, I'm Eddie Cano, I'm Eddie Cano, I'm Eddie Say it three times on, fast. On K- Connecticut Avenue. We ate there right after yeah, they opened, we, we had a blast. Mm-hmm. So first let's bring up Tom Harity and Dominique Fiorezzi. I'm going to make you sound even more Italian even though you're from Jersey.
1: So let's talk <laughs> about opening up a vineyard. It is a massive, massive endeavor. Why Are you a masochist? Do it?
2: Yes. Yeah, it feels like it every now and then, believe me. Um, Why did we do it? Uh, Well, I just, I fell in love with with wine uh, a very, very long time ago. Uh And uh, basically it was going out to Virginia wine country. Uh, I think a lot of people get into it differently, but um, I just love going out. Um, Always dreamed. I think everybody who does uh, uh, has a nice day tasting kind of feels that a little bit, and then they sober up and uh, <laughs> and, and, and move on, but, it, but it's, it kind of stuck with me.
0: You're on 166 acres. Did you start the vineyard? I mean, did you plant vines that had never been in the ground? Or yeah, was,
2: no, we uh, we bought raw land. So we bought the raw land. So you didn't the, go
0: the Trump route and just buy somebody else's uh, correct, disaster? Correct. Okay. No, we actually
2: had to clear the property. It we had to um, do everything. So it was it was virgin land when we bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, we God, we dug our first pit in 2010. Mm. Um, and we're just now about to open the tasting room. So it's been God. a very long journey. For
1: us. Did you when you started this journey, what was your what were you looking to taste? What did you want your wines to be? What did you have in mind? Like go back. Let's go back to the beginning and then we can discuss its evolvement. Well, I
2: mean, honestly, I just I didn't want to embarrass myself. I wanted to make a uh, wine. <laughs> As uh, uh, the highest quality wine we possibly could, and mm-hmm. that was one of our priorities. Um, and so we searched for a site that um, that we thought um, we could grow quality wine in Virginia, and mm-hmm. we found just an amazing site. Um, on the site it happens to be about two and a half miles from Linden Vineyards, but right. um,
0: uh, it's amazing. Well, well, Dominic. Well, let's... wait a minute. Dominic's married to your sister, right? Correct. So, did having him in the family was that one of the was that an impetus for doing this? I mean, I mean, I always
2: had it knocking around in the back of my head, but never really figured out how I was actually going to do it. And then I met my wife um, uh-huh. and uh, traveled to South Jersey, um, uh, spent some time in Dominic's grandfather's basement. Uh, uh-huh. They all made wine up there, and um,
1: I'm from North Jersey. Huh? So here, you can tell. You That's
0: I nothing see. to brag about. I but think
1: anyways. so.
2: <clears throat> so, yeah. So, I mean, it really helped. And then Dominic and I, we got in the car and drove to Charlottesville to take classes every mm-hmm. Saturday. And for um, two
3: and a half years, we did that travel. Whoa. All
0: right. We're going to pull the story for one second. Yeah. What are you going to be pouring what are first? What you You're going to be on throughout
3: the show. So yes. We'll pick uh, the first wine we're going to pour today is a 2021 Sauvignon Blanc.
1: Mm, great. Okay. Rock we we'll to it. Let's try it.
3: Daniela, senor. Hello.
0: You had a baby, you opened another She's
1: had multiple babies.
0: Yeah, multiple babies. So let's
1: so listen, you've been on this show before. I think when your second Colada opened, right? You came on with the chef at the time. Um, let's sort of talk about the creation of Colada shop. And I really want to talk as a female business owner, how you went from like this one idea and then have started to really grow it and you know it's really been all over the city, and I think D.C. is a really interesting microcosm when it comes to these concepts, these fast casual concepts, like Kalata Shop, like Kava, like Sweet Green, that all start here, and then our Call Your Mother, like all of you have have found this path, so I'd love to learn more about
4: how you found it.
0: So we can go into competition. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Let's
4: do it. You know, I think the more the merrier. <laughs> Thank you. Keep uh, Keep everyone on their toes. Um, So let's talk about your concept. Sure. So, you know, Colada Shop, we found that in 2016, is a Cuban cafe. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're open all day, uh, what we call all-day affair. Really wanted to bring a lot of vibrant flavors uh, from Cuba, from coffee to cooking uh, to, of course, cocktails and what we call Cubanism, which is our hospitality aspect. And, Mm -hmm. you know, now we're opening our fifth location in 19th Mm and in. Each location is slightly different. I really... Do not want to just hit copy and paste. It's not really what uh, we're here to do. Because I also feel like Colada Shop. It has, it's it's part of each neighborhood, right? So each neighborhood's a little bit different. So we try to connect through the food, through the mural. Like we name each woman in our murals like a different name. Like that becomes the identity of each location. Mm -hmm. Uh, This location has some fabulous new dishes, more larger plates, um, serving more kind of the dinner aspect. So we have guava barbecue ribs. Yum, which are delicious. You also, we also have a jackfruit component to that. So you know, we want to serve also the vegan crowd, vegetarian crowd that we've seen, you know, kind of being incorporated more and more. Uh, arroz con pollo, our take on it with, but made with short grain rice. You know, we try to be authentic but not traditional, elevating flavors, elevating techniques. So. Very, uh, very, very excited about this location. I'm has
0: salivating. Three... <laughs> but so, <laughs>
4: but let's talk
1: about how you went from because originally it wasn't as food focused, right? So it was more like pastries,
4: correct? Like I so remember
1: good. those guava,
4: guava, yeah, guava and guava and cheese pastelitos. Oh my god, those are
1: so good. Um, Thank so, you. but like that's where you guys, that's where your heads were initially, right? With an incredible coffee program and then cocktails. So how did that evolve? Like yeah, so, was that always in your mind?
4: So initially Colada Shop was actually the cover up for a speakeasy that we were gonna open that yeah. never we never fully developed. So at first it was a much like smaller concept. It was really more focused on the coffee part and the cocktail part and just we had some bites. We had empanadas, croquetas, and Cuban sandwiches. That right. was kinda really where the menu menu started. Um and you know, I really kept falling more and more in love with the concept, but also felt like, okay, I really want this to make it an all-day cafe, and we can't sustain all day on on those items, right? It's not not at the not at
1: what you charge for them. No, yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, it's
4: so that's that's the thing, and so I I wanted to bring more flavors of Cuba, Ooh. bring more heavier dishes, be really a staple in the corners or each location that we're in, and be there for you know, our guests all day. So it's like so more and more food items started kinda coming along that we wanted to bring but we just didn't have the space. Now mm. we've have full kitchens, you know, that you know, Fourteenth Street where we started, it's tiny, right? Tiny. Well, it's tiny, it is tiny. Right. But- tiny. So now we have like full kitchens in the back where I will execute uh more and more dishes. And again, we're constantly changing the menu. Uh, obviously have our Cuban sandwich, have our empanadas, have our croquetas and pastelitos, but it's much, much more than that You make it
0: sound almost like a no-brainer, like, wait, we did this, then we did that. Like, your background is pretty impressive. You were involved. What did you do prior to that to get you involved in Bresca, which was and is, you know?
4: Sure. So I I have a culinary background. Mm -hmm. I I went to CIA for school, then worked for chefs like uh, Jose Andres, Mm -hmm. Eric Rupert in New York, uh, Le Bernardin. Wrong order, but first right. Eric, then then <laughs> Andres. Um and uh, so. But fine dining and also Alfred Portale. A lot of my fine dining background comes uh, from the restaurants I worked in. New well, York were, you City. Operations?
0: were you in operations? Were you behind the so stove?
4: when back of the house or front of the house? Both, both. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: So both. So uh, when I was uh, in New York, I was back of the house. So I moved to when I moved to DC in uh, two thousand ten that's when I transitioned to front of the house. But okay. I, I worked for a while back of the house. And, you know, fine dining was a passion of mine. I think I, I really wanted to see elevated cuisine and how it just ultimately, you know, blew people's minds. And then kind of took a step back. I I started cooking because I loved the connection that I had with people. And then being uh on the kitchen I kind of was missing that and then wanted to transition to the front. Well, let's mm-hmm. talk
0: about COVID and then about now because yeah. it's Well, still and COVID, also, but... I mean,
1: I think we have to talk about your leadership in this community as a woman entrepreneur. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. let's talk about your leadership in this community as a woman entrepreneur. But first, let's talk about what I want to talk about, okay. which is I mean Not as
1: interesting as what I want to yeah. I, I disagree because Don't fight, guys. You know I'll, a small a questions. small
0: This is called You Bet Your Marriage. We do it all the time. Okay.
1: Um, While you're doing that, we have to take a break. Oh. I know.
0: I hate radio. Okay.
1: (laughs) This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: Hey, Nick, let's take a couple seconds to talk about the point.
1: Oh, the point in Buzzard Point. Well, Buzzard Point is really interesting because it's a new area that has totally kind of come up out of the water. It is where the Potomac and Anacostia Rivers meet And now this development is there, and the Point DC is the very first restaurant there. So it has amazing water views, this incredible patio, fire pits. It is a great place to grab a drink and sit out and look at the water and eat amazing oysters.
0: Oh, and seafood and sushi and steaks and more, because we've done that.
1: Exactly. So if you haven't been to the Point, it's time for you to check it out.
0: All right, we're back on "Fooding the Beast with David Nikki Nellis. Daniela, right, let's get back to my question, mm.
3: okay. which is
0: what happened during COVID? Because, you know, with a small – with not a lot of square footage and a small offering, um, you know, it, what happened to you? And what's happening now? Are the crowds yeah. back?
4: Yeah, the crowds are definitely, I would say, back. It's, it's a different market than prior to COVID. We right. all know everything has evolved and changed. So for us personally, what happened during COVID is, you know, we – we took a lot of risks, right? It's, we saw it as an opportunity um, to expand. Uh, a lot of people were closing their doors. We were already set up realistically for a to-go, right? A scenario. So we took advantage of that. We plugged into that uh, community. We also, like, from before COVID, we're doing a lot of, um, I would say, pouch cocktails. So we we expanded that during COVID and became really, like, your bar at your home. Um, and... We also opened a location right in the beginning of COVID. We were slated to open March of 2020. Which one was that? Uh, the Wharf. The Wharf. The Wharf. So what? we kind of put it on a pause for a couple months, took a breather. Okay, what are we going to do? And I'm like, honest, I'm like, I there's no way I'm laying off our staff. Uh, at the time, it was like... Just I, I was very hopeful that we were going to be back open. And the hardest thing is opening restaurants and forming that team and that bond. And the moment you let, of your, let go of your staff is like starting all over again, even if it's been running. So I was like, let's do this. 14th Street was open like we were doing to go. Let's just split basically the staff in half staff the wharf with our team from 14th Street. That way we're keeping our team employed. We're not laying anyone off. Plus well, you
0: had less traffic to deal with, so it was more...
4: Correct. And we were fortunate that, you know, as part of the concept, we have these great windows, very airy. So it it was kind of indoor, outdoor to begin with already, you know, trying to shine Cuba here like we wanted the sun. So a lot of windows. So we, we took advantage of that, did a lot of to-go. And then... Um, Kind of, I'm I'm trying to uh, involve Nikki's question here as well. Like I was already working with a lot of women entrepreneurs uh, at the time, and you know, doing just coaching and helping helping people that are starting their businesses, kind of get them off the ground because it's honestly a very hard thing to do as a woman mm-hmm. as an entrepreneurs in general. Like honestly, it's it's such a hard task, but you know, I think women we have a whole other layer to that which is getting funding Mm -hmm. um that's made a lot more difficult to than to our male counterparts i would say so working a lot with that but through the, the that endeavor i've met and have gotten a lot of support um through our landlords and they were seeing how successful we were doing uh, during the pandemic, and got approached uh, by one of them. Hey, we have this location coming. Do you want to take over this space? And I'm so like,
0: The new one on 19th uh, Street?
4: No, this no, was, this was uh, Potomac. Oh, yeah, they the wanted Cabin John. They wanted oh. Cabin John.
1: Which is an amazing location. Yeah. Thank you. But I, um... I hate to do this to you. We have what? to
4: wrap you up. Because uh, I've got that, other I, guests. I get so it. I, we'll, I understand. We'll talk later. Yeah, I know. Because I have so, so much, many more questions. Yes. Thank okay, you so much tell for tell everybody me.
1: where we can find the new location, where we can stay in touch with all your menu items, where we can find you on Instagram.
4: Sure, absolutely. So, our new location is 19th and N, so 1900 N Street Northwest and Washington, D.C., so Dupont Circle. What a spot. Yeah, it's great corner. Uh, so, you can keep up, up to date with us, Colada uh, Shop, um, on Instagram, and in our website, coladashop.com we have all our new menu items up there and you kind of have to come by and try them
3: okay okay thank oh, you so much thanks so much for having me right. okay
1: dominic can you tell us about the sauvignon blanc we're drinking because it's really beautiful it's
3: delicious thank you yeah it's a sauvignon blanc uh, that's planted um at one of the most northern part uh, of the vineyard we've got two acres of it clone one and clone 376 uh we do it in a reductive wine style. Try to preserve the freshness, the crispness, the acidity. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> doesn't see a lot of oxygen. Picked in a cool when it's cool in the mornings, and try to you know not let the thiols blow off. So it's uh, we try to do it in more of a you know like a Loire type style. That's more citrus totally coming and, across. Yeah, more because citrus, some, more fruit. Flowing. Sometimes
1: Virginia uh, whites can have um, a tang to them, you know, um, and there's just not that here it's a very clean low minerality doesn't like it doesn't it's a drinkable wine do you know what i mean
3: yeah very approachable very, exactly very good with food i just have to say
0: we've been doing this show 14 years you can see what she's learned about wine i still say it's really good <laughs> so, <laughs>
3: there you go Yeah. because
1: it's all about him um <laughs> yeah. so tom let's talk a little bit more so now that the winery is getting close to like opening up the tasting room like what are we looking forward to there
2: well, we um, we're going to be a little different. I think we're we're going to be open reservation only. So we want um, uh, I think which anybody I who's been to Virginia Wine Country has been there on a nice day when you can hardly get to the, into the tasting room. And you can hardly get a place at the tasting bar. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be very relaxed um, and uh, and let people really enjoy it. We've got an amazing amazing view. Um, it's set in the middle of Manassas Gap, which has got.
0: It's- well, So where do you think your traffic will come from? I mean, is it the people who get in limos and come out in groups <clears throat> um, or is it locals? I mean,
2: we hope to get people from all around right. uh, the, the, the DMV. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, not hopefully uh, limos and buses. We're going to be uh, restricting parties to no, no more than six. Mm-hmm. Again, we want to just keep a, mm-hmm. a really relaxed um, um, uh, um, atmosphere.
1: Okay. What are you guys pouring next?
3: Uh, we'll be pouring a uh, 2020 Chardonnay. Great. It's a barrel-aged Chardonnay, 30% new oak, uh, with 5% of that being Hungarian oak from a French cooper, and the rest, the other 25% being French oak. Cool. All right. Can't wait to try it. Okay. All right. So, Amy!
0: Uh, Best-selling author, mm-hmm. Amy Riello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's an award-winning chef. She's a TV host. And I, she calls herself a Mediterranean lifestyle ambassador.
5: Which she is. Which I, she I, it's is. A real, it's a real designation. And she, a yes. Flag.
0: I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit about your background, and then let's talk about this really cool idea and the good foods that I've already tasted that are yummy. <laughs> oh, thank you so mm.
5: much. So my background is Italian-American. I grew up in New York State. My family's originally from Calabria, Italy. Mm-hmm. And I always loved food because it was our way of connecting to each other making things, serving something, your wine. There was a wine with my grandfather or sausage or pastries with my, with my grandmother. It was giving a part of you. And it was showing people, if we were ever lucky enough to have a product that came you know, from Italy on the table, it was really authentic to say, you know, like, we're from here it always evoked this sense of pride. Mm -hmm. So when I first went to Italy and saw the relatives over there, I realized at a young age how much healthier they were than the people on this side of the pond. Mm -hmm. We have the same genes, we look alike, but the people over there are much healthier. And I said, you know, I wanna be the one who kind of introduces Americans to the healthier style of italian food but also to the lifestyle and the different things that we could be doing right here to evoke some of that mediterranean well
1: lifestyle. i mean you know the new york times just wrote an article i think it was last week right. that was like the mediterranean diet again, right. is exactly. you know really the healthiest lifestyle and right. i mean it's such a it's such a no brainer right um you know what do you mean
0: no 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 i don't i'm not i'm not that's not what i'm saying cuz you know i mean so no. much bread, so much pasta, and all that. I mean, but the carbs
1: are not the enemy. Yay.
0: <laughs> Thank, Thank you God. so it again.
1: The, everybody, all in unison, carbs are the not the enemy. Praise
0: <laughs> enemy. the Lord. We've, we've no, there, not all so carbs, carbs
2: are created equal, right. right? Not
1: all carbs are created equal. Well, I mean, that's
0: that's what I'm actually getting to. Okay. If I, may. I do it, so because you, you, and we'll get back to you know Calabria and all that, but you, sure. you, part of your, your package is a pasta that's more protein than carb.
5: Exactly.
0: How do you do it? So th- does...
5: this year I just released my private label. Um, I have four products now. The newest release is a maccheroni Pugliese. This comes from pasta uh, Marella family in uh, Puglia. And they made for me uh, pasta made with Senatore Capelli flour, which is a kind of wheat, but it's, it's an ancient, Want version and it's considered the chosen breed in Puglia because it's high in protein, very low in gluten. It's got a lot of B minerals, a lot of vitamins. So you can eat a little bit of it, fill up. It maintains its shape like nothing. You can you can overcook it; it's still al dente, tastes great. And um, so I they purposely for me made that shape in that flour, which had never been done before. Because I I the started... chosen
0: people should eat the chosen pasta. I <laughs> see. You see,
5: it ties right in. Right. That's um, <laughs> fascinating. So Amy, I know you.
1: You listen. You've written a bunch of books. Um, all with an Italian focus. Uh, you've you've done one for like diabetes. I, yes, I mean, you several. really- Several. Right. Um, this one's a killer. Yes, Mediterranean, Mediterranean lifestyle life. for dummies. Which is great. But you also take trips. You yes. take groups over to, so like you have your fingers in a lot of pots. Sure. Why um, Italian pots? Yeah. Um, maybe vetri pots. Um, why do your own line? What
5: made you decide to go that route? She
0: had nothing else to do, right? I was <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> so
5: bored. When I was writing this book, The Ultimate Mediterranean Die, is my fifth book, I realized that people kept saying, What do you mean good olive oil? People would write to me or that my students would say, What do you mean, you know, good quality? What does that mean? So then I It try- means you have to pay for it. That's right. Right. I started representing other people's brands with no problem. But sometimes right. they would go mm-hmm. out of business, sometimes it become no longer available. So I have a friend who's an importer and I was going to Italy at the time for olive oil conferences with the Italian trade agency. Mm. And he said, You know, you're always talking about olive oil, you're always learning. It's like a religion for you. Why don't you have your own brand? And I said, because I don't know anything about importing or, you know, distributing. He said, don't worry, I'll take care of that part. He said, you... Oh, that's a good friend. Very good. Stefano, shout out to you. Stefano Ferrari Lifestyle in Pennsylvania. And he um he said you know you you go and cultivate the relationships with the people that you think are doing it right that you know are are traceable and so i did i I had a lot of those relationships already Mm -hmm. and they worked with me to be able to bring it here many times for the first time so like my olive oil the pasta you know weren't available other places and then Mm -hmm. i decided to also bring in the vinegar because it goes with the oil And um, the pesto sauce from Manfoso and Liguria. But there are things that literally you could drop in on these families, go and taste the product, you know, very similar to to Crimson Lane. And you're not just, it's not just about making money. It's about bringing a lifestyle forward. Well, that's
0: interesting because the best-selling olive oils and the best-known olive oils are really because of marketing, not because they're the best olive, like Oleo Carly, which is a good olive oil, but not, you know, Well, so what
1: is it about, so for people who don't understand the complexities of olive oil, do you know they go into a store, we're accosted by thousands of different olive oils. Exactly. What is it about yours? What
5: do we get to taste? What's the texture? Tell me about it. It's such a good point, Nick. You can really get taken advantage of because, you know, it might be an expensive brand, expensive bottle. But you're looking really at acidity rate. You're looking for the level of polyphenols. You're looking at how many hands have been in it and the age. So the younger the oil, the better, because you're going to try to get it from last year's harvest. Right. That The most recent one. That's pretty much impossible with the big, large commercial companies. Mm. Number two, you're looking at acidity. Rate. So to be considered extra virgin, it has to have 0.8% acidity or less. But no one checks that in America. So if it's coming in here and someone's calling it extra virgin, you don't know if it's the difference. Well, in then my... there was like
1: that whole issue a couple of years ago where like it would say Italian olive oil, but like there was exactly. no, no real proof. rules right. on the percentages. So it
5: could right. be oils. Could be anywhere.
1: I mean, oil. come
0: on. You're either a virgin or not a virgin. What's extra virgin mean? So
5: 0.8 percent acidity or less. Mine actually has. <laughs> Mine actually has 0.18 percent. So it's it's very Whoa. hard to find. Very low acidity. Good quality. Mm. A lot of polyphenols. So the polyphenols are one of the antioxidants in olive oil that does all the good stuff. There's all. But is the acidity
0: what you feel? The burn you feel if you just drink the olive no, oil? No, the burn is the polyphenols. Oh.
5: So if you get but that that's like burn, that peppery, right? Yeah. right? The peppery texture. Very, so you very want that. good for you. You do want okay. that because that's like medicine. Then you're taking it. Not only is it a healthy fat, great flavor, all this stuff, but it's actually good for you. If you drink a couple tablespoons of that a day, you're going to have lower inflammation. You're going to protect against heart disease, ADHD, Alzheimer. You know, all kinds of stuff. Okay, he's going to start drinking it every day. No, yes. I do. I've been <laughs> yeah. doing that since.
0: I brought some for you. So I just um, didn't I'm going to check you. Right, out. We we I didn't want her to know I was putting my mouth on the olive oil. <laughs> bottle, <right? laughs>
1: <laughs> we have to take a quick break. Uh, this is David and Nikki Nellis. Uh, Foodie and the Beast we will be back in just a sec.
0: All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. And Nikki has a question for, for Amy. Amy Riolo.
1: Yes, Amy. So we're just talking about olive oil. We're talking about your specific. But most people don't know how to use olive oil, right? So you can use a cheaper olive oil for cooking, right? Like if you're going to cook a dish. You don't want to use the really expensive olive oil, or the higher quality olive well, oil. Well, you're saying
0: that. Do you agree?
5: Well, that's that's the common belief. That's, right. That's the, what's put out there all the time in the right. media, on TV. But I disagree because I okay. say it goes into your body. Yeah. Whether you're cooking with or eating it, it goes in mm-hmm. your body. So use the best quality you can afford. Mm-hmm. And some people, you know, are can afford it, but they're like they want to save money with the olive oil. I'm like save money in other places, you know, save money in your something, but not there because you put good oil in your car because you want it to run well. Mm. <laughs> good oil <laughs> it's like
0: the farmer's dog. That same,
5: does make sense. Idea, that does concept. make sense. Okay. And so. also, if you cook with it, you get it, it does a special thing chemically. So you coax out more nutrients from whatever you're cooking. So say you're making broccoli and you use a, a good olive oil, you're getting the benefits of the good olive oil and the broccoli. But mm-hmm. then you're getting a third benefit because that olive oil will bring out more nutrients from that broccoli or the garlic or whatever you're. Oh, putting that out. is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Rioso. Amy, I'm
0: in. Where in Calabria? Tropea. So I
5: from Crotoni. Go to, oh Yes, on the Ionian Sea. Sure. It's uh, where Pythagoras taught and had a school in ancient times. It's very near Chiromarina, where they make a special wine. I think I flunked
0: on the Pythagorean theorem several times, in fact. <laughs> well, here's your chance. In you several know, classes. He
5: didn't only teach math. He taught nutrition, poetry, and his wife... Um, was also Mrs. Uh, Pythagoras. Exactly, uh-huh. <laughs> she was also uh, Teano was her name. She was a scholar and she taught there in the school too. And he let women study. This is sixth century before the Common Era, mm-hmm. so it was pretty advanced, you know, for those days. I'm proud of. We're all proud of that in Calabria.
1: So you brought in a bunch of food today. Is that, are they all recipes from your new book?
5: They're in the book, Italian Recipes for Dummies. They're also um, part of the products. And I have on my website a whole 25 recipes you can use with that box. But it's the macaroni pugliese with my sun-dried uh, red pesto from Anfalso. Yum. And the bread. I'm going to suggest that oil. everybody
0: here go back and get a plate. Yeah, everybody dig in. That pasta Please. is killer. You oh, all haven't delicious. tried the
5: vinegar yet. It's very special white balsamic. So traditional balsamics made with different types of grapes. We isolated just use a Trebbiano grape. So it would be white, no sugar, no caramel added, but it's very, very sweet. You'll be surprised. And it's from the Castelli family in Italy.
0: All right. So we're jumping around because you do a lot. You're sort of a Renaissance woman. Yeah. Um The trips... Yeah, The next
5: one is going in May. We might have a couple seats left, but it, um, people have to act fast because it sells at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. The, the Brandi family, which makes wine, they're Calavari's most well-known winemaker. Their wine uh, last year was picked for the best wine in Italy, which is, as uh, you know, unheard of in the Southern wine um, before them. The the wife of Paolo Brandi, who's one of the sons, does has tasty tours. And so she has, for years, been done, doing tours around Calabria. And this time, we've paired up together to offer this tour. So you're going to go to where Pythagoras taught. You're going to go on a private boat ride on the Ionian Sea. You're going to see the Greek ruins. Some of my family are actually archaeologists and um, excavators. So we'll take you to the sites, the Temple of Hera, where they have Byzantine and Greco-Roman, all of these famous sites. Uh, we'll go with the three different winemakers learn about Calabria and the, the Galliopo grapes, the Malioko grape, which are indigenous to the region. Um, you'll meet my family, you'll cook with us, and we'll go to a Michelin cert restaurant sounds great. by a woman. Uh,
0: why did the Greeks ruin everything? I just want to know. No, <laughs> they didn't ruin.
5: As <laughs> someone put, one of my friends who's a cook, chef uh, Salvatore, Max, recently was on the radio in Italy, and he said, we made love to the Greeks. They didn't conquer us. How we made far, love. How far up
0: did the Greeks get? Because I went to Ravenna, which is on the other side, and yes. there are all those, um, um, Mosaics and all that that the Greeks right. did, right?
5: Yes. So Naples and I mean, south was in all Magna Graecia in ancient times, wow. and you can there's beautiful documentaries on it. But you can you can find these Greek rooms. A lot of people don't know the Roman emperors used to go to Naples and recite in the arenas in Greek. They learned Greek to go in. It's Naples. I mean, it's Italy. So we have this this wonderful combination of um, ethnicities in our in That's our like DNA. In Corfu,
0: which is a Greek island, but it's Italian. Right, it's right. Italian. Right, exactly. the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> Um okay. Okay.
1: All right, tell everybody please we where we can details find you. Yes, how get on everything, sure. where we can find you everything so, on Instagram the boxes, please. The, the boxes so exactly. it's
5: amyriolo.com, a m y r i o l o.com and there you can get the recipes and all the info, but ditalia, which is spelled d i t a l i a.com is where you can buy the box use my name amy riolo for a 10 percent discount at checkout and it's free shipping you can also get the products individually well and just
1: quickly are the boxes going to be updated will they change like how 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 much will we be, will you be offering? Like how much changes will you do? Sure. So
5: this is the brand new one because I just introduced the pasta. So we redid it. So we have all four of my products plus uh, three other amazing products. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll probably keep this one for a little while. As long as products stay in stock. And sure. we, we had a little, with the with the pandemic, it was hard getting things in. But now we're, we're good to go. And I'm hoping to offer it all year long. All
0: right. Amazing. We need the pasta and we need the olive oil. Yes, I got you. Does it come in big bottles? <laughs> no, <Uh-oh. laughs> so far just the one point seven. We're working Amy, on it.
5: Thank you so
1: much. Thank it's you always both. so good to have you in, and thank you for bringing all that stuff in studio. All right, let's okay. Go back let's to Tom talk Harity Chardonnay
0: and Dominic Crimson Lane Vineyards. Let's talk Chardonnay.
1: Well, because the Chardonnay is is delicious, and I know it sits on oak. But you know, in America, everybody thinks Chardonnay thinks California Chardonnay, it's which can oaky. be so buttery and heavy but this is really done in the french style which is lovely Correct, yeah. and light you don't <clears throat> it's really it's not heavy-handed it. on
3: the oak and i mm-hmm. use oak that's uh that's, uh in- integrates really well and it integrates really really quickly uh the chardonnay itself is at, uh the most northern part again preserving the acidity the freshness we grow seven different clones so i'm a little bit of a, a chardonnay nut okay so we, we're, we're you know and they're specifically planted there for their different aspects based on clones We have some Italian uh, clones, Ricciuto clones, we have Wente clones, Um, we have a clone, Prosser clone from Washington State. Okay, so uh,
1: you're talking about clones, which I appreciate, but if you can um, just get a little more uh, Uh, granular about it for people who don't know what the clones mean, uh, that would be great.
3: They're they're all Chardonnay, um, but each one of them, depending upon its genetic makeup, makes its clone, Mm -hmm. and I picked these seven different clones based on what they bring to the table, right? So... Some are for aromatics, some are for acidity, some are for body, texture, weight. And, uh, you know, when you bring them all together, this is what it produces. Mm. And I like to let the fruit uh, speak in the Chardonnay wine versus the heavy hand of oak. Mm -hmm. So it's light oak, uh, you know, it's good, really good oak, quickly integrated, but you want the fruit and the wine to shine, not the oak.
0: Sure. Mm. So did Tom tell you to bring in the clones or you did it yourself? No, I I pretty much picked it. (laughs) Nobody got that. Bring in the clones. Bring in the clones. Don't emit, Forget it. Yeah. All yeah. right. <laughs> I got you. It was an epic fail.
1: <clears throat> some, you win some, you lose some.
3: All right. So what are we going to try next?
0: Yes,
1: please.
3: Uh, next is uh, going to be a red wine. It's our 2019 Colina, which means hill in Italy or Italian. Mm-hmm. And uh, our, our vineyard Amy is- Amy is, is, is like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're planted on some steep slopes, uh, well-drained soils, and- Our reds really like it there. It's a a constant wind, so we don't have disease pressure. And we're able to ripen uh, fruit a lot better uh, in our spot than typically you can in Virginia. So this is a a red wine that's 50% Merlot. It's 25% Cabernet Sauvignon and 25% Cabernet Franc.
1: Cool. Okay, can't wait to try.
0: Chef James G., who is the executive chef at Dovetail in the Viceroy... Chef, I can't
1: remember. Have you been on before? I have not. I thought you were one a long time ago. I'm
0: honored to have... Classic classic fail here, because you should have been, uh, for I'm Eddie Cano. So, uh, I want you to... You you handle your own bio. Give everybody sort of a little background on you before we talk about Dovetail and Viceroy.
6: Um, Well, first, uh, I guess we're really representing Italia here. My family... My mother's Italian. Mm -hmm. My father's Chinese. And uh, I've been an Italian chef when I was in New York for, uh, I guess, before 2010. Mm-hmm. So um, that was my initial professional history was based around that. Came to D.C. to cook Spanish. Um, so we have a connection with Daniela. We worked together yeah. uh, with, with Jose Andreas.
1: You people are all like cocker spaniels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well,
6: Jose has been other. such a, uh, an influence to this city. It's oh. an amazing, amazing Thank touch you. that he's had to the city. So uh, every day there's, there's something amazing that I see that he's contributed. Mm. Um, from there, we, we op- I opened uh, an Italian restaurant here. And then. Uh, I'm Eddie Cano, I'm Eddie Cano,
0: yeah. Which, if you say it fast, is Americano. right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but
1: it's really a neighborhood restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. So like you were in more fine dining. It sounds like exactly. Yeah. And then not dissimilar from Daniela's story, you went a different route because that's in Upper Chevy Chase. It's mm-hmm. very neighborhoody, not destination. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't make it any less delicious.
6: it was it was the, some of the most fun I've ever had cooking. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a good neighborhood. It is a great neighborhood. and uh, uh, my partners and I were still amazing friends, but I did. Um, we we sort of separated, and uh, just for whatever reason, I was mm-hmm. getting a little bored. And with what I was doing there, I wanted to try some different things. I ended up at Dovetail uh, this year. It was an amazing company, uh, hotel group, and the opportunity to open Dovetail, which was a beautiful dining room and allowed me to sort of build a concept with whatever I wanted to do. So I do – have my italian influence in the menu i mean it's part of my family part of my heritage um but also to explore a lot of uh new cuisines that i've always cooked but never professionally well, so, so what th- does
1: that mean yeah so like you're in the voice Ray, Mm-hmm. and am i saying that right no, no, voice- vocabulary. 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 let's just talk about going in and working with a hotel which is a totally different animal mm-hmm. um i assume do you have to do breakfast lunch and dinner or you're just a
6: well we started uh the tail end of the pandemic, everything was closed. Mm. So 22, 2022 was a very large growing year for us. We opened um, several outlets within the two properties. We actually have two properties okay. in DC, Hotel Xena right. and then Hotel Viceroy. And so mm-hmm. I operate the, uh, the food and beverage on both properties. It's been mm-hmm. an amazing experience there. We're developing. Um, so we opened Dovetail first, and then all of the food outlets within the hotel. Okay. We have a cafe, we do breakfast there. Uh, we're not doing lunch currently, but the focus was always on dinner and Dovetail, It's sort of our flagship in DC.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the menu before we- Well, it's a, little bit, it's a little bit
6: eclectic. As I said, I rely on a little bit of my history and heritage. There's definitely Italian influence on it. Um, mm-hmm. There's a little bit of Chinese I was because, gonna ask, are you
1: letting that Asian influence yeah. hit your menu?
6: Yeah, not in a in an unnatural way. It's almost like you know when you if you came to my house and I cooked, I would probably do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and and. Uh,
1: but some of the ingredients are found in both cultures or both cuisines, right? Well, I mean the noodles. I mean
6: exactly pasta. I almost feel like um, the king of pasta, the king of noodles, for a mm-hmm. while because I've been doing both. Um, I'm not calling myself a king though. But it's okay, uh, we will. We'll do don't that. Don't be shy. Don't
1: worry. We'll take care of you.
6: Um, but you will see. You will see a little bit of those influences. But then the primary influence is just where we are. I mean, we're in a, in a beautiful area near Shenandoah. We have um, beautiful cheesemakers um, from from Virginia, from Maryland. I do go into New York, which is where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just sort of pull these ingredients and just kind of cook what is seasonally inspired. I mean, I feel like making a, a like right now. We have a braised lamb dish that. Um, with a parsnip puree and some dried fruits. It just kind of speaks of the season. And
1: We have to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about like how you work with all these local products because being in a hotel and the size and everything, mm-hmm. it can be difficult, right, especially with supply shortages and things of that nature.
6: That's its own challenge.
1: I have no doubt. Okay, this is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Chef James G., the king of pasta. <laughs> Uncrowned, but n- nonetheless. So
1: you got to put this concept together on your own. And how many outlets are you servicing?
6: So we have Dovetail right. at uh, the Viceroy BPM. And we have a small rooftop sort of bar and swimming pool, only open in the summer season. Uh, and then at Hotel Zena, we have a restaurant, Fig Leaf, and also has its own rooftop pool mm. and lounge. So essentially five different Things where you could come and really enjoy, and they're all open to the public, so mm-hmm. it's not just for hotel guests.
1: So, how did you go about structuring the menus for each, especially since you like to play with sort of mid-Atlantic?
6: Well, products. I, I, I guess it was sort of you know with dovetail. It was the design of the, the, the dining room when I first approached, and I was like, wow, this place just this is what's speaking to me, and it was sort of um, American. I want to say like almost like a diner, the way our banquettes and our 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 layout is, and it's a very large bar inside there, and it just, um, you know, they they said do whatever you want to do, I had free reign, so I I just oh, kind of started gift. to pull. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. <laughs> uh, Fig leaf is another one that we're opening soon, so more to come on that later. But mm-hmm. um, those those were the that was the main influence. Okay. get to do what i want so I, you know I but what so yeah. like
1: if we were to go into dovetail now what's what's appearing on the menu like what's going to entice us what do you if david and i were coming in tonight what would mm-hmm. you serve us
6: well we we rely on by the um, way we're coming in tonight. please do <laughs> um i i do rely on a lot of local resources if i
1: could just tell you i can't tell you how many times after we have a guest on the show david's like let's go there tonight <laughs> we can't go there
6: tonight. uh we, we always, always open though, seven days a week. Mm. Um, you know, I talked about a braised lamb dish where we braise it. We, 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 clean it all up and make it into a roulade and then we crisp it Yum. and then serve it warm. We have um, all of the beef that we use is from Rosetta Farm. So a local, mm. a local yeah. farm sure. out of Maryland, uh, dry aged their beef. It's a fantastic program they have. Uh, cheeses I've selected only from uh, well, I do have one from New York, but from Maryland, Virginia. Sometimes I get cheese from North Carolina. I try to keep very local good. cheeses. Um, one of my favorites is uh, just out of Maryland, Firefly Farms. We're they good do, friends with them. Yeah, Their they stuff do is such amazing, amazing stuff, mm-hmm. and what the way that, what they stand for. Um, what else do we have? I mean, we do an amazing chicken dish with the mushroom strudel, and right now is on the menu. Um, I always have a pasta, so right now I have gnocchi with. Uh, winter squash and black truffles. Yum. Dish, what right? about desserts? <laughs> desserts are, uh, I like to keep them simple. So we do, right now we have a classic chocolate cake that is just, you know. Yummy. Yeah, it's the classic chocolate. I do use Guinness in it, which makes it super moist, gives it the dark, right. slightly bitterness you, you, to you, it. You, you had me at hello then. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do a tiramisu right now, but I based it off of green tea versus green uh, espresso oh my God, so i think
1: amy just fainted i know it, it might be <laughs> blasphemous but, heresy but, but,
0: she just set up a steak in a pile of wood you're about to be <laughs> but, but tiramisu does Natural not fusion. have to have coffee and no and, uh, of course
1: it's a concept cocoa, so. all right it's kids no
0: arguing
6: it's a concept <laughs> um but i've done many tiramisu in my in my italian history and are you
1: so. involved in the beverage program
6: Uh, not, not to design it. We have an amazing, um, lead bartender, Teresa, and she, uh, she is, she likes to be behind the scenes, but Mm -hmm. she is so creative. I mean, she's always working on, on stuff. She's rooting through my ingredients in the kitchen all the time, producing some awesome cocktails.
1: Um, well, that is amazing. mm
6: -hmm. But, um, we have a lot of things opening up. I mean, we're doing restaurant week next week. Oh, Everyone's probably excited about that. I hope people come to see that. So how
1: are you handling Restaurant Week? Because everybody does it different. Have you put together a curated menu, or can people order three dishes of whatever they want? How are you affecting it?
6: Well, we, we uh, uh, the D.C. Restaurant Association does have some guidelines at the price point mm-hmm. and to offer uh, a minimum of three courses. We have four selections on each course, and then That's great. we try to hit Accommodate things yeah, that. Exactly.
1: That's great. It's a great way to um, get to try out new restaurants mm-hmm, in and mm-hmm. around the D.C. area.
6: Um, what else do we have? We have a uh, Valentine's Day, of course, is around the corner. We're doing a ten-course chef's tasting menu. Oh my goodness! It's going to be very fun. And
0: what else? Nobody can
1: ha- do anything after ten courses.
0: Well, It's Valentine's
1: right. Day. That's it's right. supposed it to end that's, on a high that's, note. That's
0: when you want to just go to it's, sleep. Right. Well, <laughs> nothing's <laughs> happening after I'm 10 courses. I'm condensing it
6: into f- a wave of five courses with sort of two dishes on each course. Okay. Right? And they're designed to share. I mean, you and, understand what I'm saying, Not right? tonight, and honey. I, I'm too full. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these, these are the, the menus designed around, not to fill you up, but to just, you know, have get a good you experience. in the right place. Exactly,
1: get yeah. you in the mood. Oh, yeah. All right, great. All right. Chef, tell us, please, where we can find you. The Viceroy, where we can find you on Instagram.
6: Um, we are at 1430 Rhode Island Avenue mm-hmm. Northwest, just off of 14th Street. Okay. Um, Instagram is Chef James G. Great. So you can find me there. All right.
0: And Great.
1: Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us. All right, let's go back.
0: Let's to try the and red salvage wine. the show. She just made it adults only. Okay.
1: Right? <laughs> so let's talk about you know, Virginia is is known for different kinds of grapes and wines. Um, and obviously Virginia as a, as a wine destination has been elevated really in the last 20 years. Um, let's talk about how you decided on the grapes you wanted for the red and the area that you're, cause I love that you're on the side of a mountain, which, you know, the drainage, all that kind of stuff, it really speaks to what the, what the vines can do. So let's talk about your red.
3: Yeah. So we're, uh, we're on the side of a mountain that goes from nine hundred and fifty in elevation up to about 1,500, mm-hmm. um, about 30% slopes, uh, happen to be located in, a, uh, in an mm-hmm. area which has a natural geographic uh, uh, occurrence called a, a wind gap, so we have constant wind up there blowing anywhere from 2 miles an hour up to 8 miles an hour constantly, what helps dry out canopy, it, it, it dries the dew in the mornings, it keeps uh, the disease pressure which is, um, it's a full contact sport grown grapes in Virginia. so. You've got hurricanes, you've got, you know, disease pressure, you've got critters, you've got all this. So uh, our, our site speaks to make uh, higher-end wine. How did you get this site? You know, I, the
0: fact that there was still land available, 166 acres, is a lot of land. Uh, I mean, is this something you had your eye on and somebody else had? How did no, it I mean, work?
2: It took, it took about 10 years to, to, to find it, and mm-hmm. uh, it took me three years to buy it. So um, uh, it, was, it was quite the journey. Fact, did I, you
1: always plan on, like, you wanted a winery. Did you always want a tasting room? Like, were those all components that you wanted to have yeah. as a part of it?
2: Yes. I mean, and when you, when you look at it, I mean, uh, this is a really three businesses uh, mm-hmm. sliced together. It's, uh, it's an agricultural business, which we started first. Um, and then we did custom crush at, um, uh, at Early Mountain Vineyards for, sure. uh, for three years until um, we built the manufacturing part of the business, which is the winery. And now the third part, which is going to open on March 3rd, um, is the tasting room. So, And that's the, kind of an agritourism business because we expect to sell most of our wine out of the tasting room or um, Case Club.
1: Well, that's what I was going to ask. Are you going to do memberships? Like, how are you looking to get your wine is out Case there? Club
0: Steve Case Early Mountain Vineyards? No, is no, that... no.
1: Case Club. Case like, club membership is... clubs.
0: Oh, it's a membership. Right. I got you. Right.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we hope to um, – Essentially, word of mouth. I mean, we hope people come and have a great time, enjoy themselves, love the wine, and decide um, to tell everybody that they know. And um, you know, we're going to start. We're going to start slow, and we're going to try to do everything well. We we think we've done
1: well. Let's talk about your because your it's um your have to pay, which I applaud. I think if you want a really superior experience when you're going to a vineyard, that does make sense. So, what is the experience when we come out? to taste wines the tasting so the taste we've
2: got wines. three different kinds of experiences. The first one is, is a is a timed seating at the tasting bar so mm-hmm. if you want to simply taste our wine um, and either enjoy something other something else on the property, um, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to something more leisurely, if you want to sit at a table, um, you can make a reservation and have a table with um, and enjoy some food. And uh, and taste wines um, kind of in a more leisurely way. Mm-hmm. And the last one is a private tasting. We have two private tasting rooms, um, and we're going to be doing um, uh, special wines there with uh, with with pairing with food pairings. So it's and a And where is the
1: food coming from?
2: Well, we we are doing uh, empanadas. We believe from the colada shop. We oh. might. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of an odd coincidence. Yes, you are. Uh, That's um, amazing. Uh, and we have. Um, um, we have cheeses and that you're going to be carrying mostly, hopefully, um, local cheeses. And, right. uh, but we're still putting that together. Okay.
1: That's very, very exciting. Well, All look, right. Can we talk about this very Well, quickly. you have like 30
0: seconds. 30, this is spectacular. Thank um, you very I much, mean, yeah. It, this is – I can't even begin to tell you this. I would wrap this around the pasta okay. that Amy
1: like, brought. Like, now they have 20 seconds.
3: So. Yeah, the, the, I mean, um, you know, it's a blend of the three grapes. But we grow – we grow Saran, Nebbiolo, uh, mm. Petit Verdot, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, Petit Mansang, Albarino, and Sauvignon Blanc. So,
1: Would you hold this wine? Would you cellar it? Or you think it's just great now and that's it? Uh,
3: you know, <clears throat> I wish I had the luxury to actually cellar it. Mm. But uh, we're opening up and we need product to sell. So. Sure. This is a 2019. I think it will actually... Uh, with the, with the amount of the acidity and tannins in it, I think that it'll it'll age for quite some time. Good. Mm.
1: Great. Okay. Thank you both for coming in today. Um, so much more to discuss, obviously, but can you tell us where we can find you?
2: Uh, well, we're in Linden, Virginia, on uh, coincidentally Crimson Lane. Um, <laughs> and you can find us online at Crimson Lane Vineyards. It's long. Um, mm-hmm. And on Instagram as well.
1: Excellent. Thank you both for coming in. That was terrific. Do you have anything to say before I wrap us up? Yeah, I
0: want to do my usual uh, rant because now the Russians are bombing in um, Mm -hmm. Kiev again. That war is going to go on a long time. The U.S. government's giving help. A lot of governments are giving help. Reach into your pocket. Take a dollar. Take $5. Send it to the Red Cross. Send it to Jose World Central Kitchen. But help out in some way because those people have to – that country has to survive.
1: Yes. Okay, thank you for that pitch. And uh, we want to thank all of you for joining us here today. We had an amazing crew in studio, as we do every week. Restaurant week does start on Monday. A couple of reminders out there. Uh, Staff shortages are still a real thing. Supply shortages are also still a real thing. Restaurant week is always just like crazy crush of people Just remember to take your kindness pills, please. Every restaurant wants you to have a good experience. That's why they participate in Restaurant Week. So just remember that, like, things are still kind of hinky. Have a good time. Have a drink. Take it easy. Don't... uh don't get nasty; it's just not worth it. Uh, everything you need to know is on the list, are you on it, dot com, the online e zine that tells you about everything happening in the DC metro area. Of course, you want to follow me at n y c c i n e l l i s on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And don't forget to tune into Industry Night now, both on YouTube and uh, on a variety of podcast sites. Uh, always have amazing people on there as well. Thank you all again for joining us, and have a delicious week.